You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey. Time for American Winer. Hey. Newly, uh, we're, we're locked into Wednesdays now, and we have uh, two familiar voices with us uh, tonight. Uh, Aaron Golomitis, uh, also known as Aaron GTV, is, is back for his third uh American Winer appearance. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. See Number that three. thing? Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. That's how you know three. it's real. Number yeah. Three. And then uh, Kevin Wesley Williams is back uh, for the yeah. first time since January. You know, when a guy's got three names, it's something special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay attention to him. Yes, he's got three <laughs> names. Um, so you guys and I uh, were involved on the Motor City Music Society podcast for the first half of this year, and then uh, That's right. And then in July we we stopped doing it. So I, I, it's good to see you. I haven't seen you guys since I July. Know. It's a reunion. You should let me know. I would have brought balloons. Oh, balloons. Damn. We did have tequila though, so that's that's that's, that's as good as balloons. balloons. Tequila, <laughs> pretty much the same thing. Tequila's <laughs> good. It is tequila and A and W. I Chase got tequila and Verners. I was I was telling Aaron Acomando the other part of our yeah she is the only here, one who couldn't make it. She got karaoke. She was like, She's karaoke. <laughs> it's like well, we just need more projects as excuses to hang out. There we go. More. Yeah, that's really what it is. That's, I don't see enough of you. Oh, we just need to do more projects. That's the thing. I, I don't see people unless I have an excuse to. Unless I have something I'm working on with them. I'm I'm so busy that I can never do anything. Yeah, the but byproduct is I'm a lot of fun to work with. But so see, that's the case with everybody. Nobody sees anybody unless you're. Doing something. I mean, I always threaten I'm going to go out to see a band play, and then I have a gig. <laughs> yeah, you know, I would go see like more I bands was, if I'm I was going to go band. see your gig, but I was making money. Yeah, yeah, darn. I had my own gig. You just right? need to redefine your priorities. Is what needs to happen. But <laughs> so before we were on the air, though, Kevin, you were talking a little bit about how Motor City Music Society kind of stalled out, and, and I just I'm, I want to get your thoughts on that, man. Like what exactly you were thinking and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's 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 um, it's hard to define like what it takes to make it work and what the benefit is from it. I think like anything in life, it should be done because you have enjoyment and. Success and money don't matter, but that's kind of bullshit because success and money do matter. Um, they don't have to be the driving force, but it's kind of hard to eat if you don't have money or have an apartment if you don't have rent or have a recording studio if you can't pay the, the bills for it. Right. So, you know, the podcast is how do you make money from a podcast and that seemed to be the dilemma you know we we did it we were starting in the first season we did every other monday no oh lord you know that <laughs> that was just you know and and to clarify the reason why because we let a band we we bring a band in and it could be a solo acoustic artist or it could be an eight piece band we bring bands in and what we do is we set up a recording session and we do it live but we isolate and we record a professional recording and on top of that then do the interviews and then we edit that and we put it out as a podcast but also let the band utilize that as promo material and we encourage them to do new songs. Don't do a song you've done a bunch of times. Do something new and fresh. So you have, And that's great and that's wonderful for the bands and I really believe and I've always believed in my 40 years of doing this that I have to keep giving back to get back. Like karma is karma, Ramadama karma is super important to to give and don't be a taker, but be a giver and a receiver, but don't be a taker. Wow, I just made that up. Holy shit, that, that's a good one. Write it down. <laughs> 
Well, but you say that a lot. The problem with the problem with being a giver is that sometimes, probably more often than not, you well, you do attract takers. But I, I think, I think givers create takers too. Like I'm hoping that it's not what is going to be, but it seems to be the case. Like if I were to take everything and audit my life, it's like the more that I've I've given, like I've been trying to do this this music thing for different communities and trying to start musical communities for a while. And I, I maybe it's because I'm in Detroit, maybe it's where I where I've been, and uh, it's like I run into entitlement an awful lot and people promoting community, but actually they they're more what's it um, the more parasites than symbiotic, mm. and nobody's looking for. They're, I mean, they're not looking to be symbiotic anymore. And it's that, so that's what I'm whining about today. <laughs> Everybody says that they want to be this thing, and it, you know it isn't the case. They're always out there. They're doing the same thing. You go in, they eat all your food, they take up all of your time, and then you never see them again until yeah, they need that's, something. That's that's not that's not why the why the podcast is on a hiatus at the moment. It, it it's a lot of work, and and I think all of us that we were involved in that, we put forth a lot of effort and energy. In the first year, we went live. We yeah. were really going to be this thing that we were going to go live and, and we were going to have these cameras and different angles and we were going to switch angles on the cameras and we were going to really like do a production. And it was stupid because we weren't equipped for that type of feat. Like we needed somebody to come in that says, hey, listen, we got a bunch of high-tech gear and we like what you're doing. And, um, you know, we're going to invest some money into this. And I see you got a great facility here and you got a great idea and podcasts are popular and people want to listen to them. And you're, you're about uh, introducing these new Detroit bands and trying to give them exposure and make a community. We want to jump on board. And that's what I was hoping for. And it got to be so intense and each show was so uh, stressful because of the, the live simulcast and all that. Being not professional enough that, to not have the knowledge and the equipment enough to do it right and the infrastructure, we tried and we and we did good. And so we said, okay, stop. <clears throat> let's get caught up. Let's regroup. Let's do the next season and let's stop the live stuff. Let's just do it. Let's have a different format. Let's not have everybody in one room together. Let's isolate. Let's have them have the interviews in the control room relaxed on the couches, holding handheld mics. Give it a different vibe. And that worked really good. It worked really good. It was way better. It was way smoother. We had great episodes, the ones that we did. I just can't sustain doing it pretty much by myself. I know you guys are all there when the show happens, yeah. but you're not there before the show happens. You're not there after the show happens and nobody's helping me to edit and to mix these things and to get it onto a medium, which I wanted to bring here to this facility thinking that would help us to gain some credibility. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed like it was too much. And I have too much going on in my life. I was like, no, yeah. Stop. Well, and that's good that you made that distinction that instead of carrying on with it and being stressed out and then letting it turn into something that you hate, you know what I mean? You need, but you need an ROI. I never hated you, it. That, that's the thing. You, you, I loved you, it. Yeah. I, I loved, I loved it, it very it much. If I could have just, if I can get, if we can find some support, if we can find some financial avenue to make this materialize better, I'm all about re, refiring it back up. And just to one step further with that, um, 
I have something in my life, you know, a, a company corporation that I work for on a regular basis that occupies a shit ton of my time yeah. every week. And the other time I have, I try to put into my recording studio and Elsie Binks. And this other thing that I do, which I love and I've been involved with it for years, um, I've made a decision to stop it. So in April, that's going to stop and go away. And at that point, I'm going to focus all of my energies on my studio and Elsie Banks. That's going to be it. So at that point, the podcast might be able to be reborn because my focus won't be spread out all over. But there has to be some financial means to that. Yeah. But you need your ROI. That's what it is. If you Once you've continued on it for a certain amount of time, if you're putting a certain amount of effort in, you need some sort of return on it that makes the effort. Is there two or three sponsors that want to pay $1,000 an episode to get their – to get their stuff on the episode, be part of it, be involved in it. You know, if I can get 10 $100 sponsors, two $500 sponsors, one $1,000 sponsor, I don't care. $1,000 will very easily make the podcast happen. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's the struggle of every podcast, though. So I, I think one of the things was, uh, like, when I signed on in the, the beginning, I figured we would do, like, a pilot show. It was really decent. And then show it and, and push the show kind of like you do to a network and see if there's interest. But when I push into like these type of things, there's always the chance that people are not interested. And you'll really find out in something like this. Like if you – those seasons are there. There are two seasons. They're solid seasons. And people can listen to them. You know where they are. But one of the things is if people aren't looking for new music, but even if they aren't looking for new music. You can find it if you're really, really looking, but the, they're smaller. The, the places are smaller and you make more money with corporate endorsement. Corporate endorsers are looking for people to, to, to cast broad strokes. Mm-hmm. So it's like I tell people if you're getting into music, you better love it because you're selling blades of grass. <laughs> That's an interesting – and very poetic way of putting it, selling blades of grass. Yeah. Nah, and the, the, that goes with anything, man. Like like you you said, like that's the problem you have with any podcast. Like I do this because I like it. I mean, I'm yeah. I've been looking for sponsors, but I'm not like because I haven't gotten any, I'm not I'm still keeping it going. But it's also really easy for me. I don't have to edit anything. Yeah, I don't have you, to and you don't have a studio that you have to pay for yeah, by exactly. the month and you don't have gear that breaks down, you don't have <laughs> upgrades that you have to do. And you know, you walk into a facility that's there, you sit down, you got your guest, you do your thing, you pay your money, you got your thing. It's great for that. But what we were trying to do, us three and 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 Phil and Aaron, what we were trying to do is we were trying to create something maybe not unique or different. But something that was interesting. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to get people inspired. I wanted all the bands in town to go, holy shit, those guys are on that podcast. Shit, how do I get on that podcast? Well, and, and dude, like yeah. Aaron just said, like that is – it's it's out there now. And those – like the second season, I, mean, I, I I thought that those were really good episodes. That was a oh, really they smooth were, they fucking were smooth. process. The, 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 um, the artists that came on were, were excellent. I mean, I'm still working with Gasoline Gypsies. I'm still working with um, Day Sleeper. Um, the other one, Young Pioneer, I, I would love to try to jump on that train somehow. But um, they're off doing their own thing, which is great. But 
what I've always tried to do in the podcast was another avenue that I thought would work. And I really thought if I involved Aaron G in it, especially that it would have a fighting chance is um, trying to develop a community. I mean, I've always, my whole life I've, that I've been in this business, I'm like, I try to include other, like I work with multiple bands and multiple solo artists. And I'm always like, Hey man, maybe we should get so-and-so to play in your record with you. Oh, Hey man, you know, we should try to do this. And Oh, I were doing a show. You want to play with us on that show? You know, I try to include my bands and make them feel like they can all hang out together. They can enjoy shows together. I've done a couple of shows at the diesel where I've brought in, I've promoted it myself. Mm-hmm. I brought in all the bands that I record. And I used to do that in Philadelphia. I did that for years when I lived in Philadelphia. Every three to four months, I would put together a West Mix Presents and I would have four or five of the bands I'm recording or that I would love to record. Yeah. And show them the love. Look, I'd like to record with you. I'm putting on this show. I'd like you to play on it. And all my bands got paid. We would sell out this Bam Margera owned this club in Philadelphia and it would held like 400 people. And every time I did a show, I pretty much sold that thing out. Mm-hmm. No. And it was a big deal, and I just can't – I just would like to have that happen here, but I don't know how to do that here. Well, but, and this is one of these type of things. It's like if you listen to the show and you loved it, it's – I mean it's easy to – it's easy to bring back. All mm-hmm. it takes is – you know, some we, we, type we, we of could have one. Here. We could have one a week from Monday if you want. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We don't have any. It's not like oh, we got to call the production team and we got to see if we could book the venue and we got to see if we can get a band. Oh, I can get a band. I I got a studio. I we got all the infrastructure. Yeah, we can do a show whenever we want to. I just want it to make sense. I mean, if Aaron and you and we all decide we're going to do one more show and it's going to be like this blowout show that we're going to try to sell to a network, okay. Do we try to make a reality show out of it? Fuck the podcast. Do we do a reality show? You know what I'm I'm, I'm not yeah, even joking. A, I'm like yeah. dead serious. Do we have somebody come in with a couple of cameras and like actually film a reality show and try to sell it to somebody? Holy shit. Selling fake stories, that's big money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I we mean, can, I'm oh, well, I'm not into selling drama. Cuz there's enough drama. But we don't have to have drama drama. We can have no. real uh, excitement of making music drama. I think what's important about bands now is you show people your process, your story, and that's kind of that that's what the the heart of the podcast was. It's like you can listen to any music, you can turn on anything that makes a sound and then just go in any direction. If you if you're in, there there's polka rap music, there's jazz bassoonists out there. Okay. So if you like pick an instrument and just go in a direction, go down a rabbit hole, you'll find something. But what connects us or connected us, what I thought is these are the people in your town that are doing music the same way that the, like your, the famous rock stars that you follow. These are, this is their grassroots part right now. And you can be a part of that. You can hear that. And maybe venues that are in the area, this is like the the idealist view of it, they would say, hey, these people, like they sound cool. I would like to work with them. They You feed their venue. And people who are looking for music that's new and artists that are new would then know that they could go to those places. And that builds a true community. The problem with – and I think Hollywood has been kind of a bad example for us. Because every Hollywood isn't even Hollywood anymore, but 
everybody wants to cash in too soon. And like I said before, we're all on a sinking ship. People aren't going to venues the way that they were before. Our entertainment, we can be entertained easier than ever before. We don't actually have to leave our homes. So it's like venues, they're doing other things. Uh, They're doing cheaper things, easier things. If people are really interested in it, it's like if we really want this thing to work, then we got to do it. We got to. We got to do it for real. Yeah. We can't. It's like, oh, it's the venue's fault. Oh, well, the venue. Well, you know, it's it's these these people. If they had more, they had more fans, then then my food could suck and my <laughs> my service could be terrible. And then in every direction. Well, it, it takes time, though. It's the thing. That's the one thing I've yeah. realized is that a lot of things, especially nowadays, that where where it like this isn't the best example, but the Black Keys. They, mm-hmm. I love the Black Keys. They were around for ten years before they really blew up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the thing is they were getting ROI right off the bat. They had their album and then they got so they were they were going up the stairs, you know? Um and explain some, what ROI is. Uh, return on investment. You have to get you're investing your time and money into something. That's and if, pretty much everybody's story though. I mean, I think this new phenomenon that I can't jump on board with this Greta Van Fleet, they didn't just happen last year. Did you did you read the Pitchfork yeah, review? It. Oh my god, yeah. did they get sl- I wasn't going to bring oh, that wow. up, but holy fuck yeah. did they get slaughtered. Well, you slaughtered. know what? Listen, listen, listen. Let's just, you know, they 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 <laughs> might be really nice kids. I don't know them. They may be wonderful musicians. I've never seen them other in vid- than in video. Um, they may be extremely talented. I have a hard time digesting the guy's voice, just like I don't like Axl Rose's voice. That's a personal preference. So knocking them is 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 not. This is not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to say is, there's another great example, and I could probably list for the rest of the podcast examples. Hootie and the Blowfish. Played up and down the eastern seaboard for 10 years doing covers and every shit bar they could play in. And then they had their hit on their first record, which wasn't their first record. And they were an overnight success that had worked 10 years to get there. <laughs> they are not the only one. And that why I mentioned Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van Fleet didn't happen last year either. Those kids have been playing for a long yeah, fucking time. 2012, even yeah. before then. Yeah, yeah, they've been playing for at least eight years together since they were old enough to pick up an instrument and play and do whatever. They're they're not just, you know, th- this is – they're young, yes, and they caught a huge break. Mm-hmm. They were lucky to grab a wave and surf. If they're talented, in, in 15 years, they'll still be a household name. If it's a phenomenon and it's a bunch of guys in an office – Trying to figure out how to dress them up, or how to, or how to doll them up, or who to write their next hit for, or whatever, then they're they're like they're going to be like a, like a menudo. You know what I mean? Well, that that was what the the and before I I get on this, I I just wanted to say you can check out Motor City Music Society. The episodes are on podcastdetroit.com. Oh, nice! You can just you can just Google Motor City Music Society. That's the easiest way to do it. The Facebook page will come up, and ways to listen will come up. So if you're interested in that, check it out. There was some great fucking music Man, that got played. Really good interviews. The interviews were good. It was just a very smooth it's, process. It's not. So. I mean, honestly, I, I. I mean, when I when I had my meltdown and and closed the doors, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't of 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 coming from a bad place. It was coming from a safety net. It's like I couldn't do it anymore. And and on Monday, go in there at ten o'clock in the morning and. Th- 
feel with this energy like I'm going to spend all day till the band shows up at 5 o'clock, micing all this stuff up, getting it all prepped, getting everything ready, getting everything happening and teching everything and making sure when they walk in the door, they can set up and we can go and then do a sound check and do all that and then do all the editing. I just like – No. If, if, yeah. Yeah, if, if I yeah. can't – you know, if I can't feel good about doing it, and honestly, this sounds horrible, but if everybody said, hey, I'll be there at noon, we'll get everything set up. And, you know, if if uh, somebody volunteered to come and I'll mic up the band and I'll do – and, hey, let me edit the podcast for you. If there was help, it might be easier. Well, I wish I would have known that, Max. I would have well, been but more – uh, But again, more, don't you know. don't say I wish I would have because now you do. But And, well. and, and, I, and, I, and things are going to get a lot – different next year mm-hmm. so nothing is ever off the table yeah. for me well i'll, I'll remember that then in that but case that's here's the, the thing though we if we wanted to do a podcast we wanted to do a show we I did a, to show. Do a show that became a podcast i want a show but here's the thing it is a show like it is a show and it has existed like people when people find out that i did an album they're like oh man this is this is awesome oh man do you do you do this do you play anywhere do you do any of those things it's like well there wasn't a call for it. It's like, I mean, I appreciate that you like it, but it's done. It's out there. It's out there. And if and it's like we're still alive. If people wanted that band to exist, if it was needed, then it would get support. And then it would come back. So and I think that's what this is. It's like if you like those episodes, there can be more of them, but we could make shows. We could all show up there. We could, you know, take a week and do week long show. We could do everything we want. But if there's no Demand, if there's not a chance. Do demand for it, then exactly. why are we doing it? Yeah. And the demand is answered by money. If people are going to pay for it, mm-hmm. then, I mean, well, then that makes everything easier. No, that's yeah, how you know they sure. really want it. Yeah. Part with but the it's like, I don't even is, know how you do it. Do you do, does, does anybody do a subscription podcast? No. There are a couple of, there, no, there are a couple of things. So it's like, if there was a You're not going to make community. any money off the public. You're going to have to have. Some type of corporate sponsorship that's going, hey, I'm going to advertise my skateboard on your show because I know that some of the bands that you have are really into skateboards because when you guys were doing this little segment on them, I saw one of my skateboards. You know, I mean, there's so much more we can do with the podcast. There can be, there can be a whole, you know, um, which again, it's not a podcast. I want to go deeper. I want something that's on film. That's why the very first time we did this, that's why I wanted it all no. recall filmed because I envision it more like let it be a podcast. Cool. That's all right if that's one of its mediums that it gets out to. But why can't it be um, a, a live show? Like why can't it – even if it's on cable like Rock 900, why can't we have our own cable show – where we, where we, instead of how, and, and listen, we were on, we're, you know, Rock 900, Doug Podell's doing a great thing, but I'd like to take it a step further. When you go in there and play, you play acoustic instruments, they put one mic in the air or something and, and you don't hear the bass and the vocals are dry and it's just, it's kind of a, a, a bit of a lackluster performance for me where why can't I do that same show, but like do it in a studio and even instead of like a live venue. Which would be a great thing to do as well, do a show in a live venue. But I'm looking at it at a different thing. I'm looking at it as a recording session. We're filming a band doing a recording session. And the beauty of it is the band gets to walk out at the end with the recordings for free. <laughs> they get it for free. Hello. Hello. Is this working? The band's got all these recordings for free. I just gave yeah. them to them. Three they're welcome. And they're welcome to all the files as well. 
I have nothing to hide. I'm not a photographer that puts a lockdown on all my pictures and you can't have them unless you give me thousands of dollars. You, you, that's your files. It's your song. That's what I'm giving back. So there's got to be another angle if, if you want to proceed with doing this, this thing. There's got to be angles or something. Well, well, it sounds like, I mean, the, the door's still open. So, I mean, it's, it's, we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah, we'll, well see it's still happens. open because we all yeah. still love each other. Yeah, So it's yeah. like, dude, we, I mean, we're still doing shows together. <laughs> yeah, here we are. And, uh, right? So it's like. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't end this because, you know, fuck you, you're an asshole, and fuck you, you're an asshole, <laughs> and all right, fuck you, I fucked your girlfriend, and no, no, you didn't, you know. You know, there was no arguments, you know? No. Well, and you know what? It just occurred to me, Kevin, that uh, the, the final straw for you is that you had been trying to book the the person who was supposed to be on who we will not mention by name but uh and that person had kept had said they were going to do it and they blew you off and they said they were going to do it and then they blew you off and you were like I'm not that was the final yep. straw for you I remember it just yeah. occurred it, to me it, it was probably a lot of a lot of things and then of course with everything in life there's that one final act and you're like you know what no I'm I'm done mm-hmm. I'm done I can't do this anymore I just want to back away but you know. Backing away, you know, yeah, may, maybe I did say, I don't know. I don't know what I said. Maybe I said, I'll never do this again. I'm sure I was. I don't think you did, man. I don't recall uh, that no. being part you of know. it. No. I, I'm, I'm a very emotional guy. When things go great, I'm super happy. When things are not going good, I can be kind of low. I, I have, you know, I don't know. You're human. <laughs> no, but but yeah. also, I mean, you're an artist, though. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why people work with you, too. They work with you because of the passion that you put into a project. And right. it's it's like, if you don't, if you're not into something... You don't hide very well that you're not into it. That's why I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, if it's not good, he's not going to tell me. Yeah, that's great, man. Let's ride out this clock here. That's another hour yeah, worth I've, of great, I've, man. I have been known to tell people that things aren't working very well, and you might want to rethink what you're doing. That's well, uh, that's uh, awesome. Uh, okay, you have fired people that were hiring you. And it would have been in your best interest yeah, to no. just take their money. Yeah, no, just take their money. Yeah, so it's no. like. I'm a fan of that. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I need money, but I don't. It's like my partner, Josh Ford, puts it best. I'm a fan of you, rather, not he a fan said, of my <laughs> He said, some money just ain't worth it. Yeah, some money just, some money just, worth it. just not worth it, mm-hmm. you know. And if you have to um, go against what you believe, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm people who know me know I'm a little on the political side. I'm, I'm not for one party or the other, but I really don't like who's running our country right now not not even for one second but that's not my point my point is is um um I don't know what my point is. <laughs> I, knew was, I was like, that is I so just, perfect. I just, well, I'm going to have to just let all that go no, for a minute. What I was, what, because, I was just thinking. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to finish because it's like, it's like, it's like artists that I don't have a, um, a passion for, or I can't get into it with them. It's really hard for me to fake it. No. It's like, I just can't do it. And, you know, a perfect example. And, and, and she's, she's so sweet. And she actually went on, she lives in Nashville. And I think she's actually doing quite well for herself. But I had a young lady when I lived in Philadelphia and she was in high school and she came in to record with me and her parents were there and we were doing some karaoke stuff. And I said, so I said, um, uh, you're in high school. And she says, yeah. I said, well, like, you know, what are you into in high school as far as, you know, sports or, or drama or what? Are you? She goes, well, I'm, I'm on the lacrosse team. And I looked at her and I said, are you any good? She says, yeah, I'm really good. I'm state. And I said, yeah, maybe you ought to think about doing, doing lacrosse. <laughs> and, uh, and her mother called me. She said, she cried all the way home. 
She said, you destroyed. Oh, my God. She said, you destroyed my daughter. And she goes, and I was so mad at you. I wanted to call and yell at you. But but she went in her room and she came out and she said, screw that old guy. She goes, I'm going to show him. She goes, we'd like to book another session. (laughs) Oh, good for her. Hey, you know what? That's That's awesome. awesome. We did did two records together in Nashville. Well, there you go. Yeah. So she actually wanted it. She took some vocal lessons and, you know, and this has happened to me quite a few times. I've, I've, I've questioned people's. You know, like seriousness. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can make this a hobby. That's cool. A lot of people are do this for a hobby, but you act like you're serious. So, yeah. like, how serious are you? Like, like you're singing, but you're not singing good. Are you willing to take singing lessons? Yeah. Like, you know, people have coaches. Like, professional athletes have coaches. Why? I know I've toured with lots of artists, and I know lots of big artists that have vocal coaches. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you still need to you still need to do your preparatories and you still need to exercise and work on your vocals. I mean, it's I don't know how we get off on all this, but no, this is great. This is and I and I was th- there's actually something I've been meaning to ask you and I feel like we might have talked about it at some point, but getting into the whole seriousness thing. What made you with Elsie Binks? Like what made you latch onto that group? Like what why why did you what about it? You know, you, you know, uh, it's it's um, say it's, I'm going to manage these guys. It's um, it's th- this. It, you know, if anybody hears this, this is um, this is a great lesson just of life, but this is a great lesson for musicians, and this is what I've tried to do as a community. But it happened with Elsie Banks, so it's yeah. a very good question. So, I um, I moved back here in 2012, and um trying to get back into the scene and trying to get a studio to work out of and whatnot. And I went to a couple different places, but I ended up having a uh, meeting, a, um, a fellow Andy Baker who worked for advanced lighting and sound. And I was working for another company and I did a show just running camera on a corporate event and met Andy and was trying to get into somewhere where I could do sound, you know, like another company that I could work for. And Andy, um, had a kid working for him that did sound for this wedding band, the Dan Rafferty band. And so I get a call from this guy because he got my number from Andy. He says, hey, listen, I really need your help. Can you please help me with this wedding um, at some hotel, some country club yeah. over on the lake, over on the west side? And uh, he said, I'll uh, get there. I'll help you load in and set up. And if you could just run the wedding for me and then I'll come and grab the stuff at the end of the night. And I'm like, okay, sure. And Aaron was this one of the singers in this band. And so this was about f- a little over five years ago. So I said, okay. So I went and I did the gig. And after the end of the show was over, the owner, um, who's one of the singers in the band, says, hey, um, can we do lunch? And I'm like, we could. What do you, what do you, like, what do you want? You know? And he's like, well, uh, I just wondering maybe you'd come work for me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not really interested in working for a wedding band. Thank you very much. He goes, so just lunch. And I'm like, okay, just lunch, you know? So we went and had lunch and I think some time passed, you know, and, and, uh, uh, but we ended up having lunch and, um, the other guy wanted out and they were looking for somebody to take, take his place. And so he, you know, said, listen, everybody has a price or like, what do you need? Like, how do I get you? And I'm like, look, I'm really not interested. You know, I mean, I'm not interested in working for a wedding band. That's just something I've never even thought of. I'm not, he says, like, what do you need? And I said, well, shit, dude, you got to buy a real PA. You got to buy this. You got to buy that. I mean, I can't work with this stuff and, and I need this, this much money. He goes, okay, you can have all that. 
And I was like, whoa, 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 time out. You can't just give me what I want. But we had a fight about it. You know? <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. It'll, it'll, and I'll get everything. It'll all be there next week. And I'm like, okay, sure. Thanks for lunch. Bye. I'm like, what did I do? And so they said like on Monday or whatever. And Monday came and went. And I'm like, ha, 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 sure. And then like <laughs> Tuesday morning he called. And he was like, okay, everything you ordered is in the warehouse. Can you come put it together and start on Friday? And I'm like, oh. Wow. I'm like, okay, wow, wow. <laughs> oh, so, dang. <laughs> you know, so here I am. Now I'm working for this wedding band and, and you know, and Aaron's the singer. So I work on things and I get things. Aaron Accomando. Yeah, Aaron Accomando <laughs> from the singer from Elsie Banks. So um, I do sound and things kind of work into a groove and, you know, they're busy every weekend, every Friday, Saturday, some Thursdays, some Sundays, and there's a lot going on. And after about a year's time, I, I asked Aaron one day, I said, hey, I said, um, do you write it all? Do you hear any songs? She goes, Oh yeah, a couple. I've got a couple songs. I said, listen, I'm not trying to brag and nobody really knows here, but like I have like a, a million dollar studio and I know how to it's use a really it. Really nice. Studio. I said, so, you know, no pressure, nothing. You want to just come by the studio one day and let's just see what you got and see what happens. She's like, sure. And she comes by and, and I don't know whether it was the first day or this next time she comes, but Aaron G happens to be, I think it was in, the first day, right in, in the building. You know, he's in, he was in the, at that time he was in the building like every day. A lot. Yeah. And so we're working on these songs and I got an idea and Aaron G's got an idea and Aaron's got an idea and we're putting these songs together. And in the meantime, sexy Phil, who's the guitar player in LC Binks, he's my assistant at the studio. And he comes in. He's like, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're writing some songs with Aaron. And he's like, can I join? I'm like, sure. So we're all writing songs. And we bring in a couple of studio musicians and we record a couple of demos. And and we had no idea to have a band. There, yeah. there still wasn't an idea for a band. We were just kind of making songs. We were like, oh, well, let's start a GoFundMe and see what happens. So we start this GoFundMe. And then Phil brings in Dylan, the drummer, and Dylan brings in Q, the bass player, and Q brings in Julie uh, Spicer, the keyboard player, and Julie brings in Cindy Lish, and pretty soon we have eight people in the band. Nobody's asking for a penny of money. Everybody's mm. willing to do whatever, and boom, we have this eight-piece band, and we're writing songs, and we did a whole record. And so there was no plan to have a band. We just were like, hey, let's just mess around, and just like one thing led to another, and... We're on our third record, and we're totally different now. We're, we're doing a whole acoustic thing now. It's just this is the important part about that is that it happened organically. I was just thinking, that. yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't somebody no come in and it wasn't like, hey, you know what? I would like to get famous, and nobody came in and said, hey, you know what? I'm gonna. It's like, hey, put together a band for me and and do this thing. It was like it was very organic. It was, uh, we met somebody else who was cool. Aaron is really good. Akamando is really good to work with. If she were She's any number badass. of people that we've worked with before, it never would have happened. Mm -hmm. And it's like the inspiration that Kevin had to the project. Like there's so much. And in the first project that we did, there was so much of us just experimenting and learning. It's why someone starts to play music. Hopefully. The first two songs that nobody will probably ever hear because they were just – they were poppy. They were demos. She was poppy. She they was were like, straight up. And I, and I loved it because yeah. it wasn't like the last record really heavy like it is. It was really um, very um, – Taylor Swifty. Mm, yeah, you might say that <laughs> to me. But you know what? Musically, I think it was a lot more along the lines of maybe like Queen or Jeff Lynne. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I mean it was kind of a little 70s and it was um, – 
we were experimenting a lot with a lot of different sounds and we were, you know, it was modern sounding, but there was, a, to me, there was, yeah, maybe her vocals were a little Taylor Swifty, no. but musically we kind of went out and then we, then we kind of cleaned everything up. Like we took those same two songs and we redid them with the band Nice, and they became a little more homogenized. Yeah. Like our two songs that we did, they weren't very homogenized. Yeah. They were like actually super fun. It was cool. Those moments are what we were hoping to capture in a podcast. It's like, what were the reasons that you started playing music for real before you decided to, to like? We had a girl in the in the in the studio the other day. Nobody's nobody's gonna know. And she (laughs) um, she she did a song and um, a couple like like three months ago, and the conversation a couple days ago was, well, I don't know why I'm not famous yet. Mm. Wow. And I'm just like, I'm just like, whoa. You don't really understand what that even means. It's like, whoa. It's like, it's like, I don't know why you're not famous yet. I really can't answer that. I don't know. That's strange. You're not famous yet. Whoa. I'm shocked. How old is she? Just like 24. Oh, well, yeah. You know, but she did one song and she thinks it's great. And she wants to know why she's not famous already. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, how do you think people sit in their, in their, in their bedrooms, people sit in their bedrooms and make songs and put them on YouTube and they become famous. Why aren't I famous? I don't know. How come I didn't win the fucking billion dollars last night? (laughs) You know, I bought a fucking ticket. You know, that is exactly what you're experiencing right now. Saying that that is exactly what we hear. When somebody, whenever somebody says, I don't know why I'm not famous right now. Yeah, I don't know, know why I didn't that. fucking win the lottery, bitch. I'm playing tonight too. <laughs> Am I going to fucking win tonight? If I win tonight, you talk about a podcast. Holy shit. Yeah, well, the billion Let's has start. already been won. I know. Oh, okay. But do yeah. 650 million tonight. Oh, bro. Right Who won the billion? Have they announced Somebody that? in South Carolina, one person. Oh my God. It's bad. But South Carolina. We were, we were ragging on him <laughs> in the Zion podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> South Carolina, though they don't, they do not have to divulge their name. Oh, they can stay completely. Really? Yeah, South Carolina is one of the states where they can wow. stay completely anonymous. Because you can't do that in Michigan. No, nope. you sign away your yep. life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, advertisement, all kinds of crazy shit. Oh my god! If you win in Michigan, well, I didn't buy tickets, so oh, I, I you know like, what? Yeah. You know what? I I I do. I I buy I buy like maybe twenty bucks a month. Like I'll buy one or two. Only of the Powerball or Mega Million. I figure, you know, if I end up spending a hundred bucks a year or seventy five or eighty bucks a year on on tickets, You've spent I mean, I spend worse, that yeah. on whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I spend it on tequila on a weekend. Yeah, you know. So, well, it's it's it, you're right though. And getting back to the fame thing, it is a lottery, sort of. I mean, it but is. it's a lottery that you have to bust your ass to even get a ticket. But but, it, but it's know? but it's but it's all obtainable. What what did they say to win the lottery yesterday? There was some crazy shit, and I, we could look it up. But it was like like you could get um, struck by lightning forty times. You could be hit by a, by a nuke rocket. You know, like all this crazy shit. Like you could happen before you'd win the lottery. And I'm thinking, well, that's all bullshit. Because somebody's going to fucking win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody's going to win it. It's not going to go forever. They don't go to be $20 billion. Look at this is the highest one ever. This is rare. They usually go. This is why I love working with Kevin. Why? Because of that type of idealism. It's inspiring. It's like sometimes I'll get work and I'm like, yeah, you know, just dead dead it's just all nope nobody wins anything everything's ter- terrible and dark and then it's, it's like kevin is there's this man that's 
That's such a beautiful world, Kevin. That's awesome, man. I believe you. I be, man, I'm I wasn't even going to play the lottery, man. I'm going to play it now. But you know what? That's I mean, that's 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 nice and thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. But dude, my life is dark. I, know. I mean, I, I can I go down it, that man. rabbit hole as well. Like like I have like yesterday, I had to actually call Kathy for a minute and go, "Hey, can you just talk to me for like 30 seconds?" I go, "I'm like down a dark hole right now. Like things bother me and I get um uh, I don't know. It's, you get affected. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's anxiety, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's just full blown depression. It's like a couple of things happened yesterday in the middle of the day, and I'm just like, but you know, it's funny when when my computer took a shit. I was just yeah. like, I was, I wasn't that bad, was I? No, you were like, I was like, C- computer took a shit. That's okay, because like, you mentioned that earlier. So, so it sounds like this a story. is important because yeah. Kev like, has okay, well. an older computer, but there is so much invested into that computer. And for it to fail is is a game ender. It's a game ender. Is that the one at the studio? The yeah, yeah, it's studio. my okay. studio and, computer. And so I'm like, I think at one point it's like, okay, you know, we're going to try this here. We're going to try some other stuff. Oh, okay, well, if that doesn't work, then then I guess I have to stop doing all of this. And I was like, whoa, that's an option? <laughs> what? Yeah, it's like, well, if I don't have a computer, I guess I'm done. It's like, no, no, that's no, that's not even an option. It's like these are all over the place. We can we can get a used one. Like, I but it was the, like, <laughs> I got the exact same model and yeah, and uh, it, it it appears to be working. Um, I mean, one day there's got to be a change, but you know, truthfully, I mean, that's thousands and thousands of dollars if I want to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I might have to do a GoFundMe. <laughs> I would never do that. Well, uh, I wanted to ask though, because earlier you were talking about. Well, I mean, not not so much the dark hole thing, but um, that's an interesting way to put it. I can give the wrong impression there, but because uh, uh, you, you're the idealism it, uh, that I wanted to ask you about. Um, do you think that that comes from working with people who who? I mean, you toured with so many. Prof- I mean, household name Marilyn Manson and Megadeth and all these other people for decades. You know, yeah. for a couple decades, and and do you think that that's where that comes from? Seeing it happen, you know, like where you're like, I've seen that. If you've seen people who put the work in, and I've seen it pay off, so is that where that comes from? Do you think? Mm. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it probably is parental. I mean, my my dad was always very hardworking and very, um, um, you know, attention and. So it probably comes from there, but yeah, you know, it's like I, I toured and started in the business, um, when it was, um, a business, like it was pretty yeah. intense and, and, um, you know, when, you know, still to this day, it's the same, but you know, when you're on a tour bus and there's six or seven other guys and there's nine bunks, um, you have to, you have to become like a brotherhood. You know, like you can't, you can't like be the asshole, you know, like nobody will tolerate that. So maybe that's where some of that comes from, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and Aaron, you said too that you, you just mentioned like, oh man, like I can get pretty dark, but you're, you're pretty idealistic too, I would say. Like you, you would, you it's, know. I, I try. Because blades like, of grass and everything else, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, it's like I see there are elements of, of hope and I, like a lot of what my job is, is kind of selling hope. That's why in advertising, people are like, oh man, you know, that Baron G's take on this. Because 
I see beautiful things. I see beautiful, broken, incomplete things. And it's like, that's what was so cool about Aaron. It's like Aaron Akamondo. Aaron Akamondo. It's like, you don't understand. You are, you are a piece of something that is really, really awesome. Like you're very, very rare. Uh, we, we see a lot of bands and they don't have your work ethic. I they don't have your skill set. green and red <laughs> roses too. I watch them grow. <laughs> but it's, it's like, and then finding those pieces and then putting them together. But the frustration for me is there's that one piece that isn't like there's that. It's like when you find out why aren't you famous? Like there's a number of those type of girls. The other girl who's like, why am I fam- Why aren't I famous right now? It's like, well, because of a very glaring issue. And then it's like often you see that one thing that is keeping someone, and it's an immovable thing. It's going to stop them, not just in the music industry. It's going to hinder them in every area of their life. But looking for those things, and a lot of times the reason I continue working in, in, in any of these fields is because I'm kind of looking for myself. My younger self, if I could have been helped at that time. Oh God, I wish I was 20. Like It could have been something like else. 20 like right now with all of the infrastructure that I have and I was 20. I had no money. I didn't have, I didn't have direction. Like I, I, didn't, I didn't have the internet. It was very hard to find knowledge. And I was surrounded by people who were so much more wealthy than I was. So it was like, man, I was desperate for someone to show me something. And there were so many times that I was just wandering around trying to do something. And I want to find those people and say, this is the piece that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. If you have just this, you'll grow years faster than everyone else instantly. But you can't do that because everybody moves at their own pace. Sometimes you can, man. You, you, you sometimes can. you find an Aaron Akamondo, or sometimes you find Sometimes you find a Kevin. Yeah, but that doesn't... You know, Aaron's Aaron's not going to be successful because she's Aaron. If there's success, it's it's success. How do you even know what's going to be successful, or how do you you know? Like you can look at somebody like, all right, you can look at, um, you know, years ago, like like nobody would ever have given Adele a, 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 a second look. I don't care what her voice sounded like. You would have never, they would have said, no, sorry, honey. We're not putting one penny into your ass. Sorry. You know what I mean? And now we've, that's the one thing about um, the internet and, and the plethora of, of, of information that people aren't as concerned and driven by, um, by what society thinks you need to be molded to be. And, you know, that's why bands that are kind of out there make it or people mm-hmm. that are, aren't um, quote-unquote normal because people feel that they can relate to them. So I think of a band as like truly honest. You have to have talent. You have to have talent. You have to write a catchy song, you know, even if it's a, even if it's a, a weird song, you know, it still has to appeal somehow, you know, like how did the White Stripes become famous? I'm not really sure. You know, it's not my thing, but obviously Jack White's been very successful. God bless him. But I don't get any of it. Not, I don't wait. Shouldn't say that. I get some of it. Some of his stuff I do really get, but some of the, some of the stuff I'm just like, okay, kind of went like right past me musically. Mm-hmm. Really didn't pick up on it too much. 
here's my take on it the whole like as far as idealism and, and the whole fame thing and all that and success and and blah 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 um because i i'll admit like i had that problem early on i wouldn't say it, i would never have said it out loud to somebody in in the studio that i was recording in but i i was kind of like i want to do this because i want attention you know i feel like that's what people do art for that's the that at the core of of their of their motivation that's what it is because of course, you it, want to be set apart. Yeah, well, you want you want people to acknowledge your complex inner you life and the work that it produces. Right? That you painted that's up on the wall. Exactly. And go, wow, that's really good. Yeah. So if if that's and that's really what everybody wants because that's what we're here for, right? We're here to interact with each other and and connect and all that kind of stuff. That's that's life, right? Yeah. Um, but um, what I realized is that you cannot ask for it. It's something that has to be given to you. People have to choose organically. Yeah. For it to happen, and but the only way that it happens is if you are persistent and if you're con- consistent, yeah. and if you uh, if you don't give up. That's the main the main premise of it for me. Like like and it, a lot of like what helps with that is doing it and looking at it as I was going to say for fun, but that's not really that doesn't sum it up because if you just do it for fun, then it's a lot easier to quit, right? Because if yeah. that's the only way you look at it, then as soon as it stops being fun, you're going to stop doing it, and you have to keep going even when it's not fun. So it's an obsession. Yeah, it's it's sort of a, I have to do it. That's yeah. what it is, and it's and so that's that's how I look at it now. I don't really, uh, I don't really. It's not, I wouldn't say I don't care, but I'm not looking for that anymore. What I what yeah. I always say is making the product or the piece of art or whatever it is, finishing it and making it exist is your goal. Whatever happens after that, you yeah. cannot control. And that's so, what I try to do in all of these fields now. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know why I'm compelled to write music. There's something that compels me to do it, so I might as well do it. And I put it out there. I don't know why I'm compelled to do podcasts, but I am. And I don't know why I'm compelled to take pictures and to do video and, and all these other things. And I don't make a lot of money at it. But there's something inside me that compels me to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I do it sincerely and to the best that I can. And maybe it will make money one day. But it absolutely will be remembered because it is all that I am. And I think that ideal is an ideal that should be famous and I look for that in other people because I don't want somebody phoning in something and then accidentally tripping on fame. I would rather I would rather Kevin's get that. I would rather Alex's get that. I'd rather Aaron's get there. Well and that does happen. You know, there are yeah. there are people that do get successful that have fucking earned it. You know what I mean? Like Adele to bring her up again, I mean she paid her dues, you know. Yeah. Um so did Amy Winehouse. Yeah. yeah. With her life. Yeah, well, and she was the reason Adele got famous. To, like Adele was kind of the Pearl Jam, and Amy Winehouse was yeah. the Nirvana, yeah. sort of. Um, you know, you know the the. I think the thing for me is, in the older I get, um, you know, being almost sixty, I've been around for a minute, and I've come to some realizations that we are here for a super short period of time, and you don't realize that when you're twenty. Yeah, you might not realize that when you're forty, but when you turn sixty. You're like, yeah, you know, time is relative. Everybody says, oh, the only get the faster it goes. No, it's just there's no relationship. Like when you're five years old or 10 years old, you don't have those years to compare to. When you get to be 60, you've got 60 of them to compare to. Mm-hmm. So it does move a little bit quicker, only in the perception, not obviously in the time. Um, 
But the thing is, is, and this is a really hard lesson to learn, live your life and be happy. That's the hardest thing. Like do what you love to do. Literally, if you don't like working in a factory, if you really don't like your factory job, maybe you'd be better. And depending on your skill level, maybe if you wanted to be outside, you pick something that's outside, you know, or you, you, you can't, I know not everybody can pick what they want. People tell me all the time, I hear all the time, how lucky I am for what I do for a living. I have my own recording studio. I do live sound. I don't work for anybody. I'm my own boss. And yeah, you know what? It sucks a lot of times because it's a struggle financially because I've got a few employees and I've got a lot of responsibility and it sucks sometimes. But you know what? I am lucky. But luck is only part of it. I decided when I was 20 years old what I wanted to do for a living. I, 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 when I saw my first concert at 16 is where it really hit me hard. And then it took me, it took me a while later. Actually, I think I was closer to 17 mm. and I saw Grand Funk at Cobo Hall in Detroit. <laughs> and it was my first concert. And uh, my mind was blown. It was my favorite American band, still is to this day. Walking to Cobo Hall, festival seating, just standing. I mean, this is gross, but what, but in festival seating, when I was a kid, you had to take a piss. You just made a, and pissed on the floor. Nobody, <laughs> no nobody, shit, nobody really. was going back wow. to the bathroom to lose their space up front. Oh wow! You yeah. just made way. And Filthy went. hippies. <laughs> it was it was crazy know, back man. back in the day. But but I saw my first concert and I made my way to the soundboard and I was like, "Holy shoot, that dude is in charge." I go, he is running this shit. I go, and this is amazing. I go, that's going to be me one day. Just as wow. a kid, like not really. Serious, but must have been serious because almost 10 years to the day, not to the day, I mean, that's exaggerating, but almost 10 years later, here I am touring with Megadeth and I'm going to Cobo Hall and I'm like, haha, I'm here. I'm the guy. I'm standing now, yeah. at the front of house position on yeah. tour and holy shit, really? And it was, the, I think that was the solidif, that kind of solidified me and, and marked like, this is what I do. And it's been hard. It's been a struggle, but I made that. It wasn't given to me. My first gig, my first professional gig, gosh, I say this on on, out loud, cost me an eight ball of blow. Oh, no shit. An eight ball of cocaine. That's just a five minute warning. Yeah, keep going. I thought that was like, can I get an amen? (laughs) Amen for the cocaine. I mean, I've been there. Hey, I got some. That's how I got this job here. Well, no, and and Kevin, like what I was saying, like, I don't, what, it wasn't given to you. You have to earn it. But what I was talking about when I said given, I mean the attention that, that other people choose to give to you. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's something that you can't, you can't, you can try and earn, it everybody wants want, accolade. Look, everybody yeah. wants a yeah. pat on the back. Yeah. That's where we're sort of like dogs. We're still animals. I mean, everybody wants a pat on the back. What our you dopamine do, rush. Yeah, yeah, you do something good. You're in somebody pat you on the back. You're like, oh, yeah, you know. I want more of that. Yeah, yeah, everybody wants to feel that they're appreciated and respected. And geez, if we all appreciated and respected each other, we'd have nothing to fight about. Yeah, there'd be no conflict and then hello. no progress. So. Yeah, hello. Yeah. You know, if everybody appreciated and respect, you know what? You know what my motto of life is, and it's been for years. It's the R and R of life. You have respect, meaning respect for yourself and respect for others. Respect and responsibility. Be responsible for who you are, what you are, and all your actions. Respect and responsibility. Everything else, everything else goes under that blanket. I got something else too. If you are working a factory job, not to piss on you. 
It's like if you're working a factory job, make some time to do something that you love. I said, don't forget, as I don't think, it's like, don't look beyond yourself. Don't live your life and not observe something that you love. Find something that you like to do, anything that you like to do, and just make a little bit of time for yourself. Because at the end of it all, that company doesn't give a shit about it. And I am, I am that guy. I am working a factory job right now. But it, yeah. And that's what I do. That's why I'm sitting here. That's why I'm recording yeah. with Joe on November 11th yes. doing, doing music. That's why I write constantly. That's why when I'm not at work, I am doing something that I, that I love yeah. because I've realized, you know, I was on the road for a couple of years ago and, um, and it made me realize how, uh, how much I, like, I will never take my extra time for granted again no. because I couldn't do anything. I wasn't home. So I didn't, I wasn't around anybody. Unless I'm not working and it's a Sunday and I can't get off my couch. Well, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday is the day of rest, right? You yeah. don't want to piss not off. Not always. God, <laughs> no, not, not always. I very rarely get a Sunday, but when I do, yeah. And I do. It's especially in the winter. Fireplace on. Oh yeah. Flannel pajamas still on on the couch. Gotta appreciate Sunday, the simple things. No too. football. I'm not a football guy. I watch the NASCAR, but ah. wow. Um well uh right. yeah, I'm gonna end it there because that's that's a great conversation, guys. It's so good to Man. see you. Thanks for coming good on. I'm so you, glad you guys, guys were available. Yep. So um yeah, we'll see you again. Oh, one hour flies, don't it? Yeah, yeah no it project. sure does. Great conversation though. So um I will be back uh I don't think I'll be back next week because next week is Halloween. So I'm probably Halloween. taking that, that off. But um, I will be back uh, November 7th. And Jade uh, from The Riff is going to be on. Uh, right. we, we went to high school together. so And then we were also baggers at Farmer Jack together. So <laughs> That's she said she'd come on and uh, get interviewed. So I will talk to everybody then. This has been American Winer. Hey.